with like plastic, it's pretty interesting, right? Because the problem is kind of the end of the circle of plastic. And then you would normally have the problem that like we have a shit ton of waste. And then normally you go into um, ideation. Hey listeners, in today's episode, I have a guest who's joining me all the way from Zurich, Switzerland. Of course, we are going over our talking on Zoom, virtual meeting. I'm very excited to be introducing Soleil, that's my guest, to you all. She is a product designer. She runs her own company in Zurich, Switzerland. I met her through an online course that I took in February and um, wanted to ask if she wanted to come on my podcast for Women's History Month and she has a very kind heart as you know already and she agreed. So here we are. We talk a lot about design, houseplants, a vegan diet and cactus. Enjoy and stay tuned. Hey Soleil, welcome to Soul in the Game podcast. I'm very excited to know more. I met you in um, um, Minimal Entrepreneurs course last month and um, you have a lot of variety of interests that I'm very curious to learn and know more about. So you want to tell us about yourself to our audience? Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for asking. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Sole. I uh, live in Switzerland. I'm, I have Swiss half American. Um, I've lived in Switzerland for many years now. Uh, before that, I lived in Denmark, uh, where I went to design university and got educated as a designer. <laughs> uh, then afterwards, I did a lot of freelance work and then, but then also worked at agencies where I really got into like as a UX design, user experience design and um, the whole design thinking methodologies, how that all works, how we can innovate in a more, so yeah, in a creative way and not like in a, in a business plan-y kind of way <laughs> where you can actually listen to people and make things that users actually or people need, humans need, and not just something that we think might work. Um, and then uh, during the pandemic, I, fun I started um, my own software company. Uh, we have, as we took on uh, an older software that I designed like five years ago <laughs> and I took it on because it was a bit of a sinking ship and I, I really liked the tool and I thought it was sad to give it up and so I took it on and we've been now we're like a staff of three people and we're running with it and yeah it's pretty cool uh, pretty different starting I think of a startup in this time <laughs> so it's been of a bit of a whirlwind Wow, exactly. nice. Wow, that's that's amazing. You have like a lot of depth in your um, experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do your company do? What software so, do you yeah. Um, so it's like, I think it, as in the States, it's a letter of recommendation, which in America is something you only do for like, you get from a nice job kind of situation or like a job that like where you, I don't know, like actually I've never worked in America, so I wouldn't know. But <laughs> in Switzerland, it's a mandatory thing. And okay. they have to give you a letter of recommendation um, before you stop working. If you want to try for a new job, you normally get okay. one. 
and then you get one when you're done working as when you're done with that specific job and it's a bit of a like it's a because it's an obligatory document from the state it has some ramifications like the people there's a lot of lawsuits over it and as a not that many but there are lawsuits and I mean it's and it's very it's very it's a very cumbersome process normally because HR has to like oh we have to do this now and then have to go to the employee and ask well what did you actually do in your work and then they're like well I did those seven things and then it has to go to the line manager and she then has to be like well this person they have to do like an evaluation on their competences competencies and then yeah it, it's just I mean then it has to go back to HR and they have to control it and it's and normally the process takes them like from four to six hours and we build a tool that first of all just has the whole workflow in it and you can like all the functions have descriptions and you have the evaluation is all in one place so suddenly the whole thing takes like 20 minutes and that's so really saves them a lot of time and a lot of grievance of like having to run after people and just having like a whole workflow in one place. And yeah, that's basically what it does. Like there's some, <laughs> some extras and some smaller things, but that's like the main, the main, the main feature. And I, I yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's what it really does. <laughs> that's awesome. So the letter of recommendation, it is like a mandatory thing in, um, you're in, Zurich right in Switzerland yeah exactly yeah so the that it's is it only there or is it uh, all over Europe uh, so as far as as a it's mandatory in Switzerland we focus on Switzerland right now um, mm -hmm. only because it's very specific what the state wants that is in those documents um, and Switzerland is really special because we have four national languages so companies especially bigger companies that are all over Switzerland will need like they they have like you know they they need to be able to do it in multiple languages and that's like the cool part of this tool so someone could do it in german and in the end say like oh i want it in french and just click the french button and it comes out in french so it's like that really makes a difference we are thinking like yeah maybe one day we will expand europe wide and find other countries where it's mandatory i know there are some others where it is um but it, it, a lot of countries are like america it's just nice jobs that have it like and then it's mostly a very personal thing that you get from your manager it's right not and like right. yeah yeah we it's have, pretty uh, special think, here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> we have in u.s we get uh it's not mandatory in u.s but um they do have uh, you can get reference yep. and in linkedin you have those references right yep. recommendations so we just request them and then that that acts as a, as a reference point or, or yeah totally or we can also have like email or they can write separately or we can give them number yeah. and um, here companies ask for the phone number of like past three companies yeah. you worked for so <laughs> that's a pain point though because people <laughs> may not have in contact they may not have stayed in contact uh for well especially with like manager like you know people you know switch jobs all the time so yeah. i think that's a nice yeah. thing a written document like it's then it's very like in place like you can you can go back 10 years and read something with i mean not, not that that's very accurate still but <laughs> at least you get like an idea how someone used to work and how they work now and i mean i really like them i prefer them like when i hire people i which I haven't done a lot of, but I'm starting to having to do it. Um, I realized like in interviews, it's very, very hard figuring out like, 
who these people are with like one interview it's it's like it's I mean everybody can be anybody for an hour right it's it's like I mean of course you have like a feeling with someone but it's now even online it gets even harder to really I don't know like to really get to know someone and then I read um, a book uh, called talking to strangers do you know it oh, from who is it oh, I'm so bad with names no, sometimes I, um, I don't know that book I'll, I'll, I'll find the the author later he's he's pretty famous um and he just like his his quintessence is a little bit like like you know it's hard to talk to it's hard to talk and it's like talking strangers is very like you, you can't really tell who they are anyway and I kind of feel like having these work certificates gives you like like someone wrote that from someone who they worked with for two or three years and if you know how to read them because they have a bit their own language then you can also decipher very well like how that person actually was and like if something's mentioned over and over again over a couple of certificates or like letters of recommendation then you're suddenly like I'm sure that person is really like that <laughs> because different people mentioned that so that's really and it's not as yeah, generic you get a lot more specific which I also like it's like because I mean most people are good people most people like want to do good in the world it's very few people who want to screw you over it's not really <laughs> yeah. right 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 it's malcolm, malcolm gladwell. gladwell thank you that was the name <laughs> exactly yeah nice good i'll check that book out i i liked it yeah i did like take a look at your website and i love the design it's so capturing like captivating and thank you uh, very much i love your video as well in that and is it called scriba 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 <laughs> yeah so it's, it comes from transcribing something and so like i took the, the name of like transcribing and then like there's an old german word that is scribent which is like the person who transcribes for you and then i thought like scriba is like the modern version of a scribent because the tool writes for you right so it's <laughs> uh -huh. exactly like i like saying that word <laughs> i'm using some way of pronunciation which i have not used um, cool. and i feel good <laughs> about saying like using that way of saying like scriba it's uh, it's i think that's something that can be tough with this with like swiss german like we use a lot of very harsh tones like the hard k and then we have like very soft other and then we mix them together and it's i think the the harsh like it just it's a very it's like spiky and then very soft <laughs> yeah yeah what what's that word we were talking about earlier the uh, um, <laughs> it's really good i'm actually very impressed maybe i have to find a harder one <laughs> and okay um, sure go ahead <laughs> a lot of the tongue twisters are like multi you know like pepper 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 you know that one the american one there's lots of those Yes, yes. Maybe Swiss German is not, maybe for you it's very easy because you can do the in your throat. I think if you can't, or the, yeah, you can roll your R's, then it's if you can do those two things, I think you're in the clear. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, in, in my language, my mother tongue, Which is, is um, rolling R yeah. is very important. Like we, I think in the basic, like when we are babies, like, like we taught to like do the... <laughs> sound so it trains like we are using yeah. that muscle and and her is more arabic yeah. uh her is like yeah. khan ka. It, it, we don't say ka, mm -hmm. like just ka is in mm -hmm. the mouth but her is coming yeah. from here from the throat 
it's really I always tell people like just just act like you have like a throat in your like a like a frog in your throat and you're just like <laughs> and you'll get it. <laughs> when, when I like when I used to live in Denmark, I didn't speak speak Swiss German like you know very often. Uh, when I got back and would talk like a whole day, my throat would always hurt so bad. <laughs> it was always oh that the more sounds from the throat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, let's go about um, something that really I'm interested about your interest that is <laughs> plants. And I see a lot behind you already in plants. Um, yeah, we have like, how did you get into your planting? How did I get into it? So Mike, uh, so, so it started, I think, with my with my um, mom's mother, my mom, grandma, <laughs> she um she is a huge plant person too, and she, uh, like, she, she, they live like in a, or like they used to live like in a sm small house, but it's also like lots of plants and big garden, and I always loved that. Like she has like every Tuesday morning and every Friday morning, she just waters the plants and looks after the plants, and that's like a fixed thing. Like you can't do anything with my room on those days. It's like nope, I'm watching the plants. So I always that was like kind of with me and my mom also loved plants. And then I really got into it um, maybe like six or seven years ago. I really just, I guess it's a bit of a hoarding situation, <laughs> but a very charming hoarding situation. So it's okay. <laughs> my, my boyfriend has since then like very clearly stated that we have enough plants. Um, we <laughs> currently have, I think, 140 indoor plants, 148, oh, I think it is. Goodness. And then outside plants, we have like 30. So we have a, we have a terrace. Um, it's like a big balcony. Um, so no garden, sadly, city life. <laughs> but, and it's like outside, we also have like 30 and like it's much more in the summer. But yeah, so yeah, that's uh, lots of plants, but a lot of like, I have a lot of little succulents. So I count them separately, but I mean, they're kind of together in one place. So that's. That's awesome. So do you follow the same routine as your grandmother, like water Tuesday, Thursday? So uh, my boyfriend waters the plants. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. So I you buy them and he takes work. care of them. <laughs> it's a really good deal. It's like I buy them and he takes care of them. It's really, really a good deal. <laughs> it started with, because he already had a lot of plants when we moved in together uh, four years ago, like we both watered the plants because we never really talked about it and we did it asynchronously and then yeah. like, and then yeah. we were both like suddenly we're like two plants died from being overwatered and we're like why did this plant overwater like it's a cactus I never give this plant water and my boyfriend was like well I give it water once a week <laughs> I'm like you're giving water <laughs> so yeah so we figured that out and then I don't know like it just like he he's very um he's so sweet about it he really is very um yeah, he's really good with the plants. So he, like, I take care of them. Like, I pot them. I look that they're in the right spot. I pick off the, like, the old leaves, and I just take care of them that way. And he waters them. So that's, that's awesome. a, that's yeah, a really nice deal. <laughs> nice deal, yeah, very nice deal. So you said you have one hundred and thirty plants inside. One hundred forty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. But again, lots of little pots. Little pots are also so it doesn't. I don't know. I think it just goes very quickly. And I, I mean, I also make a lot of babies, which I then just like. I don't like. I don't know. Like, as I'm trying to live to live as minimalistically as possible, I don't really like buying people presents that I'm not hundred percent sure of that they'll need. So I love giving them plants. 
I think it's such a wonderful thing to give people plants yeah. for when they, yeah. you know, when they have a baby or when it's yeah. their birthday or whatever. So I, I, I make a lot of uh, baby plants and then I give those as presents. That's, <laughs> that's so good. I, I do the same thing as well. Cool. I <laughs> plants and the pothos, is that the one behind you, pothos? In the um, yeah, there's a pothos hanging. Um, yeah. There's a, exactly. That's the, that one really. Yeah, that makes a lot of, you can make, easily make babies from that one. Ba it's yeah, a really yeah. special one. There's a couple of ones here. This one, the it's normally outside, but it's in the winter. We take it in. The papyrus, papyrus. Papyrus, okay. One. That one is, um, yeah, that also makes a lot of babies. And people oh, really, really like those. Okay. <laughs> do you have this figgle, fiddle fig leaf? Uh, I leaf? do not have a fiddle fig. I don't really like them. I don't know why. Oh. I really like, um, I, I like monsteras and I like... Um, as some of the popular plants but the fiddly fig it just never I don't know it's too round and I, I don't know somehow it never really float doesn't float and my boat yeah and it's tropical right more it needs a lot yeah. of humidity I, yeah. I'm in Arizona in the, in the <laughs> desert and there's so less humid humid yeah. here um, I have a fiddly uh, fiddly fig plant and it's right <laughs> next to me right now and it's so pathetic looking poor thing <laughs> Um, I brought in like a separate humidifier for it and I started putting <laughs> it's not it, it it just gave up and then oh, finally so I, thought, okay, I, I totally killed it and then I was still putting the humidifier and then I see like small butt coming out I mean, yeah. oh. <laughs> and it's coming back to life but I'm having a hard time taking care of that I have no idea how to care for that plant um, with um, the uh, how are they called in English? Um, in German, they're called gummibaum. Um, okay. They really like it. They're also they really like it humid. And if they're when they're sprouting, you can put a little bit of um, like plastic foil over the pot because then the humidity kind of stays with it. Maybe the oh. fiddle leaf would. Maybe you could check that out. Maybe that would work there too. Like that has worked for a couple of plants I've had that okay. just always struggled and didn't really make it. Just protect them when they're. I kind yeah. of keep them moist. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, that. maybe that would work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a, for yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I, but I feel you on the dryness. We, um, we live in a, in a miner, minergy. Maybe you have that too. It's like, like a, I don't know. It's a heating standard. Like the house is like, they, they, you don't have any radiators or like, um, anything that would create warmth in your apartment. They pump warm air into your apartment. Uh -huh, uh -huh through the whole building and it's very dry air it's incredibly dry so i feel you on the dryness factor like i lost a couple of plants like all the tropical plants like it's just it's just a no like the calateas like i have one big one here and it's just all the edges are brown and i've really yeah. tried everything to keep but it's like it's just when it's so dry it's hard to keep these tropical plants so i've given up with a few and then some survive and then i just keep them as long as they're <laughs> they're fighting <laughs> But I really like, I have, I, I have a lot of cacti now. I have so many you, cactuses. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like cacti, They love it. Okay. You should come here. We yes. have like a whole, whole mountain full of uh, yes. saguaro cactus. So, yeah. yeah I, I once did a road trip from New York to um, San Francisco. And we drove through Arizona. And it was like, and yeah, and New Mexico and Texas. And it was just like all the cacti. I was like, oh, I love it. 
yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to ask because I see you use the, that emoticon, cactus emoticon. Yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder why. And now I know you love cactus. So yeah. <laughs> nice. I just think they're the perfect plant. They're like, I'm really pretty and I'm just going to stand here. And if I'm just like, don't fuck with me. I really like them. <laughs> I don't really know why, <laughs> but I think they're just the perfect plant. And then they yeah. give like these pretty little flowers, like once blue moon, whenever they feel like it. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. really, I you know, they, a... there are a plant called jumping choya here. Have you heard of them? No, that oh, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a teddy bear cactus. You can look it up later on. Mm -hmm. It's called. It's also called teddy bear cactus because it's like very. It looks very fluffy, and it looks like you can cuddle them, uh, like really good. But but they actually they create the small pods, and then they come and attach to your skin, and oh. they kind of go inside and then hurt you. They're really bad. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh my God, but they look so pretty. They, they they're so, so pretty. cute. <laughs> oh my God. And then they're just nasty little boogers. I love that. Yeah, That's just yep, great. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, the I desert is. Yeah. When we moved to Arizona, I was like so much in love with them. I got like, when we went hiking, I saw pods <laughs> like fallen. I was like, oh, I'm going to just get them and then put it in my garden and then grow like this choyas. They look so pretty. And I brought them and I put it in like one of the entryway. And one of our, when a gardener came in to do the this thing, he was like, don't you put this here. This is really bad. It's going to hurt people. And it was already growing like tall. So we just had to get rid of that as quickly as possible after knowing what it was. <laughs> yeah. It's like a real uh, good tourist trap. Like, oh, poison ivy. It looks so pretty. <laughs> Why is yes. it called that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a uh, poof. I think I've seen it once in a, in a movie or something. There was a, a stick about like, those balls like that they got rid of one and then they were like right next into someone else's leg and it was just like back and forth <laughs> yeah and apparently native americans here when they were like they go around a lot they use them as a as a weapon too yeah <laughs> it's a pretty good weapon <laughs> it's like a hand grenade if i have ever heard one <laughs> Yeah. yeah, useful for people, nomads who are trying to protect themselves. So very, very it's really smart. Yeah, uh, it's really very, very cool. I love cactus. Just great plants. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, make sure to come here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'll take you around all the cactus. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> yeah, hundreds and thousands of them here. Um, amazing and also that they're like such big trees like the biggest one I have is like probably as tall as me and it's like almost as tall as me and it's like I mean it's still like a baby cat I mean like it's of course it's like 10 years old but it's still like a baby cactus and like if you think about like that like if you see pictures of these huge cactus like that are like as big as like huge trees mm -hmm. so cool yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they are amazing they're awesome and they are hundreds and hundreds of years old um, yeah they've been there and it's illegal here to cut down a suwara cactus yeah so yeah and it's not just your plants right you're also into snowboarding and horse riding so do you do is that only summer thing horse riding and uh, no that's all year long <laughs> all year also long. by bad weather <laughs> oh, okay. such a nice thing like you know like you're working on a computer all day long and most best most people are 
and it's just such a I mean like horses just have no like they're so in a different world and it's so real and raw and you're just very in it like and you get dirty and you get wet and you're cold and it's physically very hard and it's mentally or like you just have to be in such a different place mentally because you have to like horses are big animals and they'll you know they, they you kind of need to like but yeah i've been around horses my like since i was really small so it's a big you part of huh? you own a horse no i uh no i can't afford that <laughs> it's just so expensive <laughs> and switzerland it's uh, everything in switzerland is expensive but like horses are very expensive and i always felt like if you own a horse like you have to be like you have to know that you can afford it for the next many years and me being like uh, so entrepreneurish, I like to just like, I'll just put my entire life savings in this new company and try this. <laughs> so that doesn't really go too great with having too many responsibilities. No, yeah. but so I have a, I guess you would call like a half lease. You would call that like the owner, like I, I pay her a certain amount every month and then I can go three times a week. So that's like almost like owning a horse, but with, I, with a lot less responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I think you're in the wrong place. You should come to Arizona. There are more horses here. <laughs> it's really, I mean, like wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's like the sad part. Like, it's like, if you, yeah, I mean, like at some point you decide where you're going to live and where you're going to build everything. And then when you, when it's built, it's harder to move than when you were younger. Like, <laughs> Yes, and when I was yes. young, I was, uh, yes. I mean, I'm sure like you're an expat as well, right? I mean, how long have you been in America now? Um, this is my 11th year. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, I mean, like, could you imagine going back to India? Mm, I mean, I mean, I go back as a visitor mm -hmm. now. I yeah, visit my exactly. parents, but I, do, I don't know if I would want to, I may want to live there. It, it keeps mm -hmm. changing, um, depends sure. on like the season or the mood of, you know, I'm in. <laughs> Um, but we, my husband and I talk about what we do later on as we are like when we maybe in 60s or yeah, we, we want to live. We have like few places we want to yeah. go and live. Um, so one of Very them nice. is in a couple of places in India and mm -hmm. uh, or South America. So we, we don't know where we will be at that time. But yeah, we, we may or we may not. Um, but it's just the nostalgic memories that you want to go back and relive yeah. those, which, which never going to happen because that's, we are not yeah, in that time or mindset anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's always, that's always sad yeah. that we can't go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> the, here the Mustangs are very popular. It, the, yes. The beautiful and yeah, um, beautiful horses. Yeah. yeah. It's also cool. I mean, you still have some wild horses, which is also really special and, I mean, there's like how it's handled is not the greatest, but yes. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's always very sad. Like, especially like coming from a place where wild animals have are basically extinct. Like we don't like Switzerland tolerates like no bears, no wolves. It's just really, or like we do on paper, but not really farmers mm. are also allowed to get rid of them however they want. And it's, it's very sad that we humans can't make space for wild animals. Like just makes no sense to me because of what, because of cattle, like, could we not like it's just yeah. terrible makes yeah. me very sad yeah yeah your um no. your lifestyle is vegan right you're you're vegan or mm -hmm. yeah how long exactly. have you been so i was uh, born in a vegan family so my dad's a oh, vegan for wow. like 30 oof, what now 35 plus years 
Um, my mom was, was, was a vegetarian from child on and became a vegan when she met my dad. And then when they separated, she became a vegetarian again in Switzerland. It's like, she, I, I don't know. It's like, I think it was a little harder to be a vegan, like 30 years ago in Switzerland was a little hard. <laughs> Uh, but then my dad was always a vegan. So I, I mean, I grew up a couple of years as a vegetarian, but like mostly vegan. So mm. then when I was like 19, I think I really did like the final, okay, I'm a vegan now and that's it. So it's been a couple of years. <laughs> uh, is it easy to find uh, foods that are vegan there? Do you create your own food or is it already available? How is uh, it's, it's changed a lot over the years. I mean, when I remember like when I was like eight I think the first vegan cheese came on the market and my dad like we lived in Denmark then and my dad like ordered it from the states <laughs> and it was like a hockey like a hockey puck we always said it was really hard and not that good <laughs> okay yeah yeah and, yeah, and yeah. It, it's really changed I mean like I I mean it's just really over the years and it's it always depends where you are like in the cities it's always been pretty easy like I remember vegan restaurants when I was a kid like that already existed but so it's just it's really just growing and in Switzerland the market has completely exploded in the like eight years seven years since I've been here now like it's just mm. gone completely like like there was barely tofu at the supermarkets and now they have like everything like they have like locks out of carrots they have all sorts of seitan stuff they have yeah. cashew cheese they really like they really they they know that like they, they just That's see it as hard. such a huge market mm. especially with I think generation c it's huge so I think they really see it as a <laughs> that they kind of yeah, have to cater I, to I, that I, market I, I was talking to somebody uh, who's an agriculture um, mm -hmm. exporter in India and uh, he was saying the biggest market is not US um, for organic or plant-based foods it's it's more Europe and Switzerland and uh, oh and, wow yeah that yeah. was yeah it was surprising to me that's very surprising yeah, that we would be like bigger in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, it's kind of incredible. Like I can go to, I can go hiking in the mountains and the mountain restaurant will probably have a vegan option, which they didn't have five years ago. Like that just wasn't right. a thing. And now right. they actually have options. So I, in a, in a sense, like it becomes easier and easier, but I, in, in the heart of hearts, like I think a lot of people, like some people see it as a food diet, and then it's like a plant-based thing and you and then those people also make exceptions and it, they're not really strict about it but if you're like if you do it for the animals like which is like the core basis of this like are you against treating animals in that way or are you for treating animals in that way and if you're against it like then it's easy anyway because everything else doesn't appeal to you anyway so it becomes True. very easy it yeah, becomes very more, easy yeah then. yeah the philosophy is uh very strong and I know um, many of my friends who are vegans and mm -hmm. they, when they gr grew up in vegetarian household mm -hmm. and as an adult changing to vegan diet is uh, cool. extremely cool. challenging but yeah. but what goes back what just drives them is the love for the animals and exactly uh, how they're being not having how they're being treated in the society is not they don't accept that they are like I don't want it I'm not gonna yeah. participate in it so I'm gonna be vegan and I'll stay yeah. I'm happy there and um, that's good that's that's awesome good to know <laughs> I mean it's it's like I, I don't know like for me it has like a lot of like there's a lot of, couple of different layers to it where it's really like I mean obviously like I mean it's I know in Switzerland there's like I mean there's still a lot of sexism which most places in the world <laughs> still a lot of racism and there's still like I don't know I feel like speciesism is kind of like the root like it's kind of at the bottom of it all like 
it's it, yeah. it's like it's first of all you're like oh they're less than us so we can do it to them and then they're most of them like males we just kill them anyway and then females we just treat them horribly until we kill them like it's and it's a complete disrespect for like and it's it's such a lack of um and I, I, it's a, a lot of things yeah. but like for me it's like these things all build on top of each other and like yes. the basis of it is like that we even that we take it out that we say like we're we're better than and then when that when that thinking starts when do you stop it like it becomes like a very diffuse issue and like right mm -hmm. now like it's and then like that's why I think it's hard for people to really like check their biases and check their own opinions because there is such a gray blurry line and being vegan is really easy then because it becomes very black and white it's like it's wrong so I'm not doing it and it's like it's yeah. a lot I feel it's a very so actually I feel it's a very easy lifestyle yeah. because it's I like very that the, yeah I mean you're not really you're taking responsibility rather than blaming somebody right I'm gonna be like this I, yeah. I like that because it's you're not blaming someone okay i mean you're blaming mm. the whole society because of your <laughs> but you're not mm. like pointing one person okay because mm. of your being. and how do you find it like do you do people because there are like we there there are some you know veganism is seen like too extreme or too too much how do you do you get that like do people come and tell you like how can mm -hmm. you you do definitely it. You definitely um, i mean I, I i mean i i get that a lot like people say that or maybe not as much as they used to um but uh, like uh for, for me it's always like it's so funny like how can it be radical to not treat someone horribly how can it be radical to not kill like i i can go pick my own carrots like there's no like i have no ethical dilemma with taking a carrot out of the ground but most people couldn't kill their own cows or most people couldn't like take a baby away from a mother. Like that's heart wrenching. Like if you've seen that once, like it's hard and it's gut wrenching. And it's like, if yeah. you, unless you're completely desynthesized, which that's like the other part, like there's so many humans that work in this industry that suffer immensely. I mean, it's like, I, I think like slaughterhouse workers have like the highest suicide rate all over the world. And there's a reason for that. Like, that's oh, not I like, didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's I mean just imagine you have to kill 200 living yeah. beings in one day I mean that's going to take its toll on you <laughs> so yeah. for me it's like when someone says something like that I'm always like well really think about what you just asked because like what is the radical here like like you know raising an animal and you know pumping it full with antibiotics and like doing all this even in nice places pretty horrendous stuff mm -hmm. and then killing it and then or picking a carrot and eating a carrot like what's really a radical party part here yeah 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 it is i mean the more you think about it the more it's like makes you feel so um i, I mean you have to want to take the control back and you can decide what how you can live so and i mean i always say like vegans have to be they kind of have to be able to say fuck you to people <laughs> it's really yes. like a base yeah. thing like you have to be like no i'm against this and i mean i don't know i it's my, my, my dad and me, I mean, he obviously has a lifelong, as a, as a very old, old school vegan, he has very strong opinions <laughs> and oh, they okay. get stronger over time. He's very like, he's, he's very um, strong about his uh, opinions there. And I mean, for him, it's like, I mean, I, I think he's completely right there. It's like good, positive change never happens by itself. Right. I mean, it's so easy to take advantage of yeah, if it's humans or animals that are seen as less than and as long as you think that way that's like the like 
it's always so crazy to me. I mean, I'm pretty active in a lot of feminist groups and it's, and I always, I'm so like weirded out that they'll eat cheese and stuff. I'm like, like you're, this is suffering from like a lot of female cows. <laughs> like, how is this okay? And it's like so funny how, I, but that's like, come, 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 I mean, just putting it in a box and not thinking about it, right? I mean, it's easier that way. I think it's, uh, you saw that in your dad and then it, you have, you resonate that so well because you, you know that. And if you, if we don't grow up with some model like that, it is hard to, hard for people. Very hard. To, you know, connect like that and empathetically, compassionately, because you see your dad getting frustrated or uh, why he's getting frustrated and then versus somebody on the TV randomly, you know, and uh, you just see that context, you can't really connect to that. So maybe the the culture of that is what... um, missing and 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 of course you have to eat more you have to eat a lot of meat to in order to be more strong or healthier that's the agenda that's being pushed for many years many um, yeah I'm, I'm i'm quite active on twitter and um, mm-hmm. especially with the fitness groups and i see i see the call like controversial yeah (laughs) there's like two camps (laughs) they're like protein and like that you need to eat clean and yeah it's (laughs) yeah yeah i'm i for i'm a i'm vegetarian i'm Mm -hmm. uh, also like 90 percent vegan i I don't say i'm vegan because i i 10 percent i consume like Mm -hmm. um yogurt and um and you know ghee they make from mm-hmm. uh, fat yeah. butter fat so i yeah. consume those two not every day on occasions um, so. but ghee is a staple of indian cooking like that's yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, every <laughs> i, I yeah. yeah i mean i'm slowly t- i think it's a i'm either i do it or don't do it i i did it mm-hmm. for like i think almost one and a half years and then something happened and then i was like oh maybe because i'm doing this because of this i'm I, it's that connection and then I broke it and I was like, oh, I felt so bad. Oh, I, I should have continued because I was very, very strong at that point. So I'm and talking to you kind of inspires, like whenever, whenever I talk to people who are, who have like very emotionally charged and, and you were sharing your passion, that's what your passion is. So yeah, I very, yeah. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Well, that thank energy. you. So, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> thank you so much for asking. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I always feel like it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it's a really fundamental thing in a way. Like it's a real, it really goes down to like who you are as a person. And yeah. it's, I, I always feel like, I mean, like for most people, just like reducing is such a huge thing. I mean, the whole, like it's, and that's, nobody has to switch from day one to another. It's, and finding alternatives that work for you because, food is hard food is like that's tradition and it's family and it's like and for, for a lot of people it's a very central thing in their life right like it's a very hard it's very hard to get around that and like figure that out like how that works and for me it's definitely been easier because yeah half of my family was vegan so it's like that's yeah, definitely yeah. easier like I've and had there is miscommunication on the media like oh your brain gets foggy or your <laughs> you will have low energy and when somebody is trying to do the change and they read that they can they'll start connecting oh i'm feeling foggy right now yep. so maybe because i'm doing this diet and they go back it's very easy to give up at that point totally um but i think having this this energy of passion of um the intent of why i'm doing this is more important than 
all those because this a body is adjusting when we move make the shift anyway the body adjusts yeah. and yeah it's a whole different totally exactly exactly yeah <laughs> we can do part two <laughs> yes yeah part two <laughs> Yeah. Let's come back to your, your, your uh, project. I love, I want to learn more on design thinking, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. about the, so I'm into waste, uh, like uh, diversion. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the quotes in that it's um, about waste is waste is a design flaw. Mm -hmm. So the, the flow wasn't properly designed. So that's why we think everything is like linear. Okay. We take something, use it and then throw away. It's not circular okay goes back exactly. and we reuse it um what's a good framework that you you would recommend somebody who's not trained in as a design design thinking mm -hmm. uh what would do what would be the framework that they can apply or like a few steps that they can apply when they're thinking of um something some some product product let's say mm -hmm. let's take my example like the the waste thing right how can i convince people to apply this design thinking um so it's, it's, uh i mean it's actually pretty so design because design thinking is kind of like a landscape of lots of different methods but it's generally it's kind of like put into steps of like where you like you do need finding where you like figure out problems so like so example like that so with with like plastic it's pretty interesting right because the problem is kind of the end of the circle of plastic and then you would normally have the problem that like we have a shit ton of waste so that would be like in the first, like, so we have this problem of like, oh, there's all this waste. And then normally you go into um, ideation or you, where you first, you look at like, so what else has been done? Um, I think a common misconception that happened, or like, that's like a, like a uh, societal misconception is that ideas need to be uh, completely new. And it's very few things are completely new. Most things are like, oh, I'll take this and this and this and smash them together. And now they're that like, it's. Like mostly it's it's a very good idea to look what's already out there, how are other people solving this problem. Um, and then from through that, you do an ideation and then you, uh, I'm doing this out of my head, so I hope I'm doing this correctly. <laughs> it's always a, so very generally, uh, then you like, you try to like, you doing this in a team mostly, um, that's also always very different, but like mostly it would be in a team. I like to talk to people like in all the steps, like actual people who have these issues. I find it very hard to just do it on my own assumptions because then it, then I don't have anything to measure it up against. So I'm always like a big, big, big speaker of like, let's just talk to a lot of people about this, not a lot, but like enough people about this that we have a, like a full picture. Um, and then, so, and then you do the ideation, then normally you show this to a couple of people and you, you don't try to sell them or convince them. You really just like, so what do you think this does? Like, what do you think this will do? What will this do for you? And then they will actually tell you. And sometimes they come up with a better idea than you had, <laughs> which is also always really fun. Or sometimes they'll actually tell, like, you, you'll keep hearing this, like your solution, which is you never even sold them your solution or told you, you just hear it from them because you gave them the, like the, 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 the basis of like, so this is a problem. Like, what do you think would this be? And then you normally iterate on that. So then you, you test it. Uh, so if it's sometimes like I've been like prototypes can be anything, right? So I've done theater, I've done like being like, I'm like a big mobile phone that talks to you. I'm a robot that talks to you or I'm a website. And like, you can really, you test the idea like very specifically where you then figure out like, hey, is this, is this 
working this, this solution. And then you just iterate on that. Like that's kind of like how the normal process would go and then you produce it. And it's, I mean, the, the idea of like the design thinking is that you always kind of, you circle back constantly. Like you do something, you test it and then you make it and then you do something and then you just go around. And a really good framework that, I mean, I think for people who do, like don't have a design, like no, no training in design is um, uh, the Google Sprint, uh, the design sprint. It's, it, picks like I, I feel like the book is like the first half of the book is basically just telling you what it does and then the other half is a real like it's a play-by-play -play, like completely like then you do this then you do that then you do this and it's I mean it can feel a little bit like it's just for like if you want to do like web experiences but it really you can really do it for anything and I think it gives like because it's in a five day it really it's like five days and you just like you're really and you, you kind of have to stick to that framework then and not like piece it out like really do the five days I think it's like seven hours a day or something and it really like that really works like I've done a bunch of design sprints with a lot of beginners and it's always we always walked out with a like we've we've proved this idea this actually this will work and then we can start working and that's and iterating of course but like that's so there's a couple of frameworks like that there's and it's it really depends like which phase you want to get into like some people already have a product and then they have to like, but it's not working. Then you kind of do like, dip, then you like go maybe to like phase three and you open up that like, and then you take like seven methods from there and you do those over three days or you're like right at the beginning. You can also do that in three days and really do like a deep, like, so how are people handling this? And you really go deep into like figuring out what's the consumer behavior or what's the user behavior. And then you like iterate on. So it's like, it's always very specific. I would recommend if you do a process that you get, like, I mean, just having someone like at least from the sidelines telling you a little bit like, because I mean, obviously like someone who has experience is it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, just do this, 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 and then you should be fine. Like that's a little easier than figure it out completely by yourself. But I, I do feel it's a very, I, I, I think everybody can be creative, whatever that means, but everybody can, can be a creator or a content creator and, like being able to do stuff and everybody has something to share with this world. So I really like that design thinking is a real enabler. It really helps people to open up. And I mean, I've followed people who were like, like it did a cool innovation project with um, like one of the big uh, um, supermarket chains in Switzerland. And it was like a guy who worked on the cash register who was part of the course and he had an idea and it was, like it was a, a um, uh, like that you could do online testing of furniture uh, so that someone in the store would test the furniture for you so you didn't have to go and look at the sofa in person. And this was way before Corona, right? And I mean, they liked it. So it went on and went on. And now he's like leading a team of like 40 people. And it's like, a, and then they're like operating. For, and that's like his baby, right? And it's like, you see people who've really, like design thinking can really open up innovation, can really open up doors for a lot of people. And I, I like that it's, it's accessible for everyone. I really like that too. That really, like anybody can, you just have mm -hmm. to be motivated and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanna... Is that something that you, we we already know, but we don't think it's design thinking, you think? Mm -hmm. Or is it something we need to get trained in? What, what What's the, yeah. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think a lot of, so if you look at like, if you look at kids, how they solve problems, like I always feel like a kid when I solve, like when I solve problems, like you really just try to get rid of your 
like you're like everything you really think you know take that step back and really just like let's just try again from start and you go through all the different options and mostly it's like option three and it's like if you would have put your knowledge to things sometimes like you would have just disregarded it because of like this is not possible because we have I don't know like there's a implication somewhere and then you wouldn't do that and so that's so I feel like it's it's um I think it's yeah I think everybody can can get to it but like they have to sorry my boyfriend just came home so <laughs> a little distracted oh, I, know <laughs> I don't know if that answers the question at all yeah no no it does thank you um but thank you so much for sharing that uh, because i always i'm curious about design mm -hmm. thinking and um, i think i started a course on coursera mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously i didn't finish it <laughs> um but it was longer than I'm, three days i think i was like oh i should what it was longer than three days right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, so yeah, the, the I'm, I have to go and, um, but I love I love the concept. I love not knowing any everything, like not having a, oh I know about this, it won't work. Um, that kind of uh, programming and then removing that and then actually trying it out. So, I'm I really liked all the things we covered today, talked about, and. Uh, I know I know you more now. I feel so good that uh, knowing you more personally, as in uh, your interests and uh, plants and diet and uh, yeah, just love for cactus. So. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah, much. I hope you come to Arizona so I can take you around. <laughs> I would love that. I uh, I, I yeah. really love I really love the the all the sure. the desert states. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So anything else you want to share or um, if people want to see your work, is your work public, like all any design work that public people want um, to, listeners want to come and check out? It's a good, uh, so I do have a portfolio. I don't, I haven't updated it in a while because I've been so busy with Skripa. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, there's I mean, a, I can put, yeah, Skripa, yeah. but uh, so my, my private one is uh, alien.ch. Um, okay. So that's like my pro, 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 uh, my portfolio from when I used to be a agency designer when I <laughs> when I still did only that. There's a yeah very little uh, design uh, facilitation on there because that's always hard to document. So that's not really on there. But my my um, visual design stuff is definitely on there. Okay. But yeah, that's. Awesome. But thank you so much for uh, for having me. It's a uh, it very very. Uh, it's always really fun because normally I ask all the questions and I don't really. <laughs> get to blab much myself I, I sometimes do anyway but <laughs> it was fun it was a lot of fun and um yeah I I look forward to know more like how you grow your company and um Skriba Skriba exactly <laughs> yeah we should do a let's do a follow-up like in six months or so and see how it goes by then <laughs> yes. sure. yeah that would be yeah. very cool Hope you all enjoyed listening to this beautiful production we created with Soleil on Soul in the Game. If you have any feedback or want to share something that resonated with you, please feel free to leave a message comment on Anchor or reach out to me if you know me well. Or you can leave comments on YouTube, Facebook or Instagram, wherever you're listening to it right now. Thank you and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.